0: Hey Michelle, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. How's it going out there? Pretty good. You get the fires contained and you're all safe and it's
0: your- better. It's on the it's on the mend. I think there are still some fires burning, but everything's back kind of to normal. Got power back, got internet back. Okay, good. Not in the Starbucks parking lot.
1: <laughs> That's always helpful. yeah, good, good.
0: So Michelle, what'd you think of the end of halt and catch fire?
1: Um. All is Forgiven. I loved it. I definitely put it up there with, like, maybe in the top three endings of series. Uh, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, and Halt. I thought they, I. I can't, I was, I'm so shocked that they pulled it off, that they did it. Um, I was so annoyed the last couple weeks, well, two weeks ago specifically, but then last week you know, I loved the episode I hated the timing and then just the way they wrapped this up, I mean, they like, you know just just wrapped it up and put it in this beautiful bow and just handed it to us and all's right in the world <laughs> What did you think?
0: I thought it was good um, I'm curious what how you You're not mad anymore about Gordon being a coalescing element for all this reconnection of people.
1: No, no. um, I, I still, I stand by what I said, as far as I think all of that would have been to me, at least much better received a year back. And then we could have like went forward from that. But I don't know how they could have done this any better. The only, there's, there's one spot that when we get there, I'll, I'll tell you about it. And I thought it was going to end that way. And it literally, I was just overcome with how good I thought that was. And then it didn't end that way. So, Hmm. but, but it was just, it was great. I thought it was absolutely great.
0: Okay, well, it starts in 409. It starts with September 6, 1994. The Comet team is watching the commercial. Um, Cameron's been contracted by Joe to finish the code, the relaunch code. Sorry if my voice sounds funny, Michelle. I have a cold.
1: Oh, I have I'm a sorry. cold
0: or uh, some ash infection. I was started <laughs> to
1: say. Are you sure it's a cold? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but the commercial's basically a series of people answering the question, what are you looking for? And that was kind of the theme of the whole premise of the show. What are you looking for? What, what, what were these people in their careers and their lives looking for and how did they accomplish it?
1: Absolutely.
0: So we see one last vision of Gordon in the ad and Joe gives kind of a rah-rah speech. And everybody cheers and it seems like, it seems like everybody likes the ad.
1: But we also see here that Joe's still not okay. And we know that four months, I think, have passed Since, since Gordon's death and Joe is still really struggling with it. It seems like.
0: Well, didn't we say the last one was a bicentennial or sesquicentennial bicentennial. Oh no, that was the old, that was the Mm -hmm. old flashback part.
1: No. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they pointed out somewhere that four months have passed here uh that's when I guess Diane goes to the pool, and Don is there, but this is all this same time so so the summer's over uh sc- you know school had let out Haley was having the issues in school, um but school let out, summer's over, and sc- school started back and um so four months have passed, and and he's still watching Gordon and talking about Gordon and stuff is still I don't know it, it, they they really wrapped it up well to me that this is not good for joe meaning i don't know this is not what joe was looking for i guess because for him to still not be at some kind of peace over losing his friend and i know 4 months isn't long don't don't misunderstand but he didn't just seem grieved he seemed um I don't know, really profoundly sad I thought.
0: So Joe and Cameron give a false appearance of things being okay, and maybe things are okay. Maybe thing maybe this is okay for them to not end up together. But they give us kind of a th- a false appearance of like they're tight as a couple. Uh Donna takes Joni to SFO. She's on her way to Bangkok. Yep, and it's their goodbye. Johnny gives Johnny, Johnny Joni gives Haley her car, <laughs> and uh, Donna has trouble letting her go. She tells her one last time, "Please stay, don't go." But you gotta let them go, Michelle. The, they always come back, and Joni proves later on that she's made the right decision by letting her go, and she she does come back.
1: Yeah, and the, we had kind of like a taste of this earlier when Donna was going through her drinking phase and Haley was talking about the girl who went abroad to study and how excited, or not Haley, Joni, and how excited she was and her eyes really lit up for the first time talking about that kind of stuff. I would have hoped she would have, and, and when I saw this, I was really hoping she'd gotten into some kind of school or something for it because i mean, at 18, she's going to Thailand in the, what, early 90s by herself? That just sounds horrible to me i'm i'm with donna on this but but i even like that i liked how all that worked out
0: okay michelle but have you still ever been west of the mississippi i have not there you go (laughs) yeah no she's old enough to do this and she's school is not her path she's school will never be her path or not yet. maybe not not maybe not not in this phase of her life anyway sure all right, Boz gets a clean bill of health from the heart doctor, and he's going to live well into the 21st century. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's the Walter White punching the towel dispenser moment for Boss. Like, God damn it, i got to deal with living now.
1: How? I, oh, he was so happy. Did you see? I mean, did you did you feel that? No, that was... I didn't
0: feel that. I, that's what I mean. He was like a little like shocked, like, holy shit, i got to figure this out. No, I'm not going to just die of a quick heart attack. I have to figure no.
1: it out. No, he was so he was so relieved. I I just I just felt such relief. He he was a little unnerved and everything, and then he's walking out to that uh, fanfare of the common man, which was perfect. And he's looking up at this beautiful blue sky and got this like smile. He he's like. Wow. And then he talks about his dad a little bit later on and how his dad died early and he just wasn't counting on this. It's like a this huge gift that's been given to him. And it's perfect. Perfect. And I'm so glad we got to hear that and know that about Boz in place of just carrying on.
0: I'm sure he's relieved, but he's also presented with a new challenge that I don't think he expected. Like, I've got to figure this out now. Um, I don't know. I think it was more complicated than just being relieved. Like, Oh, thank God falling to his knees and praying. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was complicated.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, and everything though, I mean, everything's complicated, I guess, you know, but, but at the same time, just, I, I just felt like he felt like he'd been given a gift.
0: So, so that's right up to the credits. comes back and Joe explains Netscape now to Cameron. Uh, Netscape is the browser company, and they went to the University of Illinois and stole all the Mosaic coders or stole all the genius coders from this university. And they're going to try to overtake Mosaic with these genius guys. And um, Joe wants to put Rover in Netscape so it runs as the search feature in Netscape.
1: Yeah, Comet, you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and And Cameron... She thought she was done. Cameron really wants to move on. We saw that in the other scene when she's talking about that, you know, she's now done uh, when Joe's giving his speech, she talks about how it's her last day. And so she talks to him afterward and talks about moving on and she wants, she's ready to call Alexa and continue, do something different. And then here he kind of pulls her back in. He actually bribes her back in with, with centipede game. She is not, happy and so the moving on i think was a whole lot more than moving on with just the the company but i felt kind of bad for her here
0: yeah he wants to bribe her to pull apart the netscape code just like he and gordon pulled apart the ibm bios code source code and a pilot right and load reload common into it
1: well she she actually did that didn't she and isn't that what they hired her to do
0: no, they hired her because the they needed legally an outside party to make whatever they were doing legal when Joe, when Joe. Admitted
1: OK, it. OK, yeah, yeah, OK.
0: Um, all that. But yeah, so but even the net, even the centipede game is slightly broken. There's no side car, sound card. So it's <laughs> kind of a hint that there's stuff broken between Joe and Cameron. Right. Um. Uh, Cameron does know someone who can get her the Netscape code. It's Alexa, I guess. Yep. She has connections to get her a demo copy of that. Right. Um, they next thing they hear Gordon's watch go off, and it says Gordon's wristwatch was my fire alarm. Michelle, this fire with all the power out. Every now and then, you'd hear those fire alarms in the background.
1: It's horrible. <laughs> but Joe, horrible.
0: Joe can't process this away yet. He just can't figure out what to do and process past Gordon. He just lets it go off every day. For four months, that's a that's a good battery in that watch.
1: <laughs> it is. That's yeah, yeah. I think it's part of the him not knowing how to move on, and Cameron's like, "I'll call locksmith," which of course you would do, and he it just like he, I don't know if he embraced the sadness, but but he accepted it as part of this like Groundhog Day kind of thing that continued.
0: So the other person that can't move on is Donna. She's just swimming, treading water in her pool every day. Yeah. She looks very pure in this water and this white bathing suit. Um, just looks pure, like she's like neutral almost. Like not yeah. committed to anything.
1: Or maybe like a new beginning for her, too. Like a, I don't know.
0: Diane visits her and tells her it's time to decide. Kind of forces <laughs> her to decide.
1: And it's also neat how she tells her that her daughter is had went away to college and how she couldn't stand the idea of it. And, you know, now she's like, I kind of wish she'd went farther, you know? So I feel like that was maybe a little inspirational to Donna that this is going to get better as far as her missing Joni and, you know, You got to let them go or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's part of the message, I think, of this whole story is that people help their friends understand things that are confusing and help them through these hard times.
1: I didn't think Donna was going to go back right there. I really thought she might just might not go back. And I also thought what a wonderful place and and maybe time, but certainly place that you can be employed and have something like that happen in your life, and take four months off to spend the summer with your with your daughters. I just thought, wow, what a gift <laughs> that was.
0: Well, she's not a she's not in the mailroom where she clocks in every day. She's like managing director, so she's got some power.
1: Yeah, but we kind of see some stuff with some, um, you know, feminism, women coming of age in this industry and everything. And I would think that particularly in in her case in this time, that that would be a pretty hard thing to do, Uh, as as quickly as the technology was moving and everything. And for her to be kind of out of it for that length of time, and not only just be out of it, but have Diane. And the company supporting that and then allowing her to come back and I don't know, I just thought that was she's she's so lucky. I've just felt so uh you know, such I don't well, know the word. I want having to
0: use. power is powerful. You can do stuff that the normal workers in a company can't do. Yeah. So Boz finds this old Cardiff radio in the garage at Diane's, and I think it's his and Diane's place. But he t- he tells Diane he's well, and she melts down, tells her kind of casually, like, oh, yeah, I got a clean bill of health. I could put a battery in this radio and make it good again. Yeah. And she melts down. And I think that's a good reveal from Diane that she's not the cold. God. So it was always kind of borderline, like, if Boz tells her about this bad loan, does she just cut him off at the knees and she's done with him? but no she's really connected to him and she really cares about him and this cements that with her melting down after hearing that he's going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and Boz kind of makes a a joke about it. You know, he's 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 very lighthearted about it, I suppose. And but I think it affected him the same way as it affected her, so
0: Cameron talks to the team about getting into Netscape at Comet, and Alexa comes by for the first time, the first visit to Comet. Yep. Uh, she wants her to come with on an international trip for some robotics conference. And I think Alexa is some sort of an angel to Cameron. Um, she's an angel investor. She's helping her survive financially, but it's kind of like a true angel, like a guidance seer of of some sort, like your true obligation is to your real self. She gives her this, this philosophy that is really pretty smart. Like an angel would like, you know, you think of somebody as your angel, like they would tell you advice, like when you pray or you hear it in the middle of the night or something.
1: I I really did like the advice that she gave her. As a matter of fact, that's going to like be something like one of those things that you really keep with you, the don't get so tied up in your obligations that you forget your, that your main obligations to your future self. I really, really like that. I'm sure I don't know if she's the first person to ever say that, but something about it really struck me and I thought it was good. I see Alexa as something a little different than you do. I see her as the antithesis in a way of Donna. And I see her as a way to show Cameron how good Donna was and how good her relationship is with Donna. Because now she has this investor who is so hands-off, and she makes a point of it a little bit later on about how now that it's time to work, you don't want to do it. And I think she's remembering Donna and how much Donna did want to do it. So I kind of saw that as like the catalyst to her true, deep appreciation of Donna.
0: Well, that's a good point. She's counterpoint to Donna, and that maybe clarifies stuff for Cameron. She also has a very evil haircut for somebody who is giving good advice. <laughs> she has the Mo Howard haircut. What the hell?
1: <laughs> she pulls it off, though. This girl is like so cute. I and don't
0: know. She's cute, but she'd be cuter with a good haircut. Uh, yeah, but I think the message too is also that you can't buy motivation and time. You can't just do it with money. You can't just go up to somebody and because you have a lot of money buy and and make them be motivated to do something you want them to do. They have to find it internally. Right. That's that's because Alexa had this seemingly endless resource of money, and she could Cameron could have done anything she wanted, but she didn't inspire Cameron. That didn't inspire Cameron.
1: Well, I don't think Cameron ever really wanted to work alone. I mean, she kind of did. She's like this lone wolf in this thing. But at the same time, you know, having the right backup and stuff, I think, was the thing that helped Cameron to fly.
0: Yeah, you're on it with Donna. You can't replace people with money. You can't just replace things with resources. It has to be personal sure um anyway so dinner at joe's haley's heard that joni's doing okay and joe tries to show haley the commercial uh but haley doesn't like this commercial she doesn't like seeing gordon or herself she doesn't like the commercial about her company the one she started and joe's just trying to make money and haley doesn't want to be the pivot point for donna's life and this all this i think she's I don't know. It's this. It's this. Was a really powerful scene with Haley not liking this this way that Joe is taking Comet.
1: Yeah, I I didn't really understand it the first time I watched it. I get really annoyed at how poor Donna's children act. How they're just not nice, and we had seen Haley be nice for so long, and and now she's turning into that not nice. But I think. After watching it the second time, I got it as more of a as more of a catalyst to Joe that this is just not right.
0: Yeah. Donna's children are right. Joni's correct at the airport for like, Mom, you fuck you're fucking this up. Just let me go. And Haley's right. You know, you can't just take this over. It's it's important. You know, the 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 message from the children was powerful because they were correct. Anyway, Joe decides to pull the ad, um, and in the background, Donna and Cameron talk about, like you said, how ideas are not the actual work; they're just the ideas.
1: Yeah, I thought that was great too.
0: So our sage, uh, sage seer, whisperer, buzz is imparting wisdom through like simple life tasks, um, like. Donna, he brings the radio over for Donna to fix it. He's such a, he's a manipulator, but he's so sage about it. He's he's like the, here, I'll get this person to understand this through this action that they're good at. And Donna's always been the hands-on engineer, so he brings her the radio to fix. It's just really smart. And she solders the radio back together and... Interestingly, that's what actually caused Gordon's death, though, the solder and the breathing the scent of the solder and the chemicals in it. But
1: Oh, yeah, i would forgotten about that. She
0: fixes Boz's radio and um, in a circle of life back to her original job. Lots of circles of returning back for people to their original start when we first started the
1: story. Well, right, we saw her doing the same thing with Joni and and Haley's little C and Say or whatever that thing was that they had at the beginning because Gordon was supposed to do it and he didn't do it. And so Donna was doing the same kind of thing. I don't remember if she soldered it. I think she did, but she was working on that and then we saw it, yeah, a lot of full circle things. This was also where Boz brought up that his dad died seven years younger than he is at this point, and he spent his last day bitching about tree roots growing into his septic tank. And that's how he spent his life. So, yeah, you're definitely right about Boz evaluating everything. I think we see that a little bit later on when he talks about talks to Diane about, let's get living. It's yeah, he says cool. that to
0: Donna at the end of this scene. He, you know, he gets the radio fixed, but that's not even a fraction of the point of his visit. The fraction is... The, the full fraction of the point is that he says, if you want something, get it done now. Do it, don't wait. Do it now. And then Donna says, all right, I'm ready to go back to work. So, well,
1: and Donna or, or Boz also calls what Donna does magic because uh, she's talking about how everything used to be like this and hands on. And now it's magic. It's in a chip. And he says, this is magic. And I think he was talking about more than just the soldering.
0: Yeah it's it, there's magic in the chip and there's actual mechanical real things that have essentially turned into magic by being on chips. Like, like the radio is kind of old clunky, old mechanical version of what we have now on chips. When well, you can get a radio to work through your phone now on transistors.
1: Well, sure. And we also see that this old, old radio, she was able to fix, but Haley's new computer she wasn't able to fix. So it's kind of magic that you can fix the older things. You see that with cars and stuff a lot, you know, used to anybody could, could do things in their car. It was, it was a reasonably simplistic piece of machinery. And now you have to put it on computers and do all this kind of stuff with it. So it's different.
0: So Haley uses music next to motivate her to work up her courage to ask Vanessa on a date. To go see Natural Born Killers. I don't know, Michelle, I didn't notice that song. I thought that song should have been more recognizable for how good the music is in this. I didn't really know that song.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. I don't think I've ever heard it before.
0: Um, Haley is rejected by Vanessa, but she's super brave. It's just her walking up and doing this. We've all faced this in life. Like, how do I connect with somebody and make put my put my ass on the line and ask them out on a date or tell them, I. I like them or something. Rejection. She risks rejection and gets it. We all know that feeling. Sure. Um, Diane loves Boz's garage fix-up. He's cleaned up and made, he's put his fish on the wall and he's got a little desk <laughs> and he swept swept the floor. Yeah. He's got his lazy boy in there. His lazy boy's inside, not like that guy who yeah. had out in the field. Right. <laughs> um, so she's really impressed by that. And then they dance to Hey Paula, this old time song that these guys on the really,
1: transistor radio they've yeah. cracked
0: the musical code with this show and this they nail it with that old that old dopey hey paula that was like perfect for that it scene. was
1: perfect it was absolutely perfect and boz he he looks there he goes i'm done and he is done he's done with the cleaning up he's done with with this part and he's ready to move on it was perfect
0: some more cracks between Joe and Cameron. Joe pressures her to work on this this code to get Netscape to as, as accept uh, Comet. And Cameron says, maybe you shouldn't be here while we make the sausage. It's messy. <laughs> their, their differences are just becoming more and more exposed as they get through this episode.
1: Yeah. As anybody who's ever done any kind of website, anything, you know as you're working on it, it can look much worse before it looks better, and Joe, I guess, hadn't didn't know that yet, so he was pretty frustrated with it.
0: So eventually, they see the Yahoo Net Directory on Netscape in the toolbar, dooming Comet forever. Comet's been beaten by Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo's passed them. Remember, Michelle? Yahoo was around before Google for like three years.
1: I do. I, I do remember Think literally three that.
0: years before Google showed up, and then yep. now Yahoo's nothing. Now Yahoo's like. Who cares about whoever looks up anything on Yahoo it's the theme of all this like technology comes and and then two two years three years five years it's passed and something else comes right so Joe finally gets upset and crashes Gordon's door through the glass breaks the glass goes in and resets the watch so Gordon's time has passed just like Comet's time has passed
1: right and and it's time time to move on he uh, the Comet has it's done. He knows it. When he sees Yahoo on the toolbar of Netscape, he that's the crashing down, the death of comet, period.:
0: All of our times will pass, Michelle, that's, that's the message. This is bigger than Gordon. It's bigger than all of us. You know life just moves, moves on, whether you think you have the greatest thing ever or not. The greatest thing ever becomes old hat in time.
1: And I think Donna kind of brings that up a little bit in her speech to women later on, kind of touches on it anyway.
0: So next scene, John Cameron bond at home in their bedroom. Then they de-bond, and he tells her, it was you, the thing that gets to the thing. It was always you. And now, so their time has passed. So it's kind of a poignant but realistic i, I think don, joe and don joe and uh, cameron being lovers forever and having a kid would have been so freaking corny and wrong that they did the very best thing with the two of them
1: well i mean i like corny and i don't think corny is necessarily wrong but I, I as as far as the breakup and you know i was rooting for them. but as far as the breakup goes i, I thought it was just beautiful and i Joe telling her that you were always the thing, Uh, it was profound. I mean, it was a, what could you say to honor a person more than that?
0: Well, I mean, in that this is their process, kind of like Gordon and Donna's process was divorce, but they ended up getting together as co-parenting divorced friends after that. It's just the path that life took them through. I mean, it's the way it had to be. They couldn't. They couldn't stay together.
1: And I thought it was interesting when Cameron brought it up. You think she's talking about? I'm sorry, that comment didn't work out, but that's not what she's talking about. And Joe was completely agreeing with her. Just even though you wouldn't even think that's what she was talking about, but he knew and he agreed, and it was. Really
0: good. See, I would have guessed, Michelle, that you wouldn't have liked this finale because of the lack of specificity. specificity, No, I loved it.
1: No, 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 no. Because it was very
0: lost-like. It was very, I don't know. What are some of those shows that didn't have a very, you know, (laughs) didn't have a specific laid out for you ending? Yeah, I, I disagree that it was Sopranos. lost. You know, yeah, it's like no. open-ended. But we you know there's hints of good things about Joe and Cameron too. Like she's headed to the east at the end of this episode 10. She's also like upset that Joe left without telling her. Like, well, why would she care? They broke up, you know. It's like she's she's going to seek him out, I think. They but they don't tell us, they don't show us. I I like that part. I did too. All right, so I'm not sure where these separated, but I think that was it. So this is now on episode 10, Ten of Swords. All right, well, that was the very end of nine.
1: Um, I don't have it there. I have it later, but... I, well, tell me. I have it where Donna walks in, Walks. Uh, she goes back in to Yahoo and does that hysterical thing where she's aggravating... Trip, kind of reclaiming her space at the top.
0: Okay, so that's and that's, that's where, where I it is. have. That's, it's Ford, not Yahoo, Ford. by the way, that's Ag Geek slash Symphonic now.
1: <clears throat> no, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right.
0: All right. Well, so let's finish it off. Let's get it right. So I have because I, I watched this where they blurred it in together and it just yeah, all together. Okay. So um, so Donna shows up in her power red at Symphonic, the newly named Ag Geek. Symphonic now is um, Donna's realm where she's taken taken this management role now. Right. Um, she shows up. So a quick, a bunch of quick things happen. Donna shows up in Power Red at, at the office. Haley is back at her routine with her, what are those little things that she microwaves.
1: Bagel bites. <laughs>
0: Bagel bites in her computer and yeah. yeah. on on Comet. Cameron goes on the trip on the trip with Alexa. And Comet closes down with people unpacking and are packing and moving out.
1: Well, the guys are cleaning up the glass and all that at this point. And then this is where Donna goes in to that meeting and she was nervous when she walked in, but then she sat there and she really, I don't know. I thought I was going to go back to disliking her because she was really ugly to trip. She was humiliating to him right, right here. But we see that that's not who she is, as far as the management goes. In just a little while, but but she's just taking her power back. She's showing him because Diana told her at the pool that the guys really thought she was getting soft and all that. Well, she definitely proves she is not getting soft in that scene.
0: Well, she is a dick to him, making him say it. And then I thought I thought she was, they were going to have her flip out and just like lose her lose her mind and just be insane. She starts laughing, like insanely laughing, about the name Yahoo. Right. Um, she gets tripped, say it enthusiastically, not enough, say it like it really should be said, and he and he says it a few times.
1: Yeah, put some mustard on it. I mean, she is like, she's humiliating him, and I thought she was just going back to the old Donna who we saw who was not a very nice person in there, but that's not what she does at all. She really seems to learn, but she just had to go in and make her presence known and show that she was not the soft person that they had been talking about behind. Her back, so I completely got over that, and anyway, that's where I have 410 starting.
0: Okay, so then Joni's call. Joni, she, Donna's tortured by her separation from Joni. She can't, all these people have trouble moving on. Joe moving on from the watch, Joni, move uh, Donna moving on from Joni. Donna moving well, change on,
1: change is painful to a lot of people, though. It's I painful think that's to everybody. fair, yeah. I think that's fair,
0: but you gotta do it. You can't, you can't resist it it doesn't it's gonna happen whether you resist it or not
1: but it's okay i think to stop and feel that pain and react to it and i just think that's what what she's doing
0: so donna's working at home she gets a call from Joni and that painting guy in the background was soothing bob
1: her. ross yeah what's <laughs> his name Bob Ross, The Happy Little Squirrel. I used to, oh, I loved to watch that. I can remember watching that when I was pregnant with one of the girls, and I was sick. I always was super sick at the beginning of pregnancy. And I can remember lying on the couch and watching that show, and it was so soothing. And I just loved him.
0: Somehow that doesn't surprise me, Michelle.
1: <laughs> we talked about the happy, you know, our tree lives here. I mean, just it was just beautiful.
0: So Joni talks about Buddha and Gordon and seeing Gordon in this image of Buddha and the tree and the roots and the dirt and the warm earth. And Gordon lives on in her memory. And I don't know, that's a a pretty good message, too, that we all live on when people remember us. After we die, if people remember you, regardless of your religion or if you're Buddhist or not, because the religion doesn't matter to Joni, right? She just feels this feeling.
1: I don't well, know. yeah, she even points out she wasn't worshiping the Buddha there, but she did. She said she felt like Gordon was with her, but just in a different way. And I thought it was, I agree, it was beautiful.
0: It's another one and of I'm, those universal, <clears throat> universal emotions that these writers have tapped into that, and we're kind of all part of this call home by Joni that you can remember people and they're alive. If, you, if you're thinking of them, they're still alive in some way.
1: Well, and earlier, when they were having dinner, everybody with Haley, before she got upset at Joe, when they asked about Joni, Haley really lit up and was talking about Joni's adventures in Thailand. And so Donna pointed out that she hadn't got to talk to Haley or to Joni yet. So she didn't, I guess, get to experience that. You know how somebody can tell you, like, something profound that's happening in their lives and if you're close with that person, sometimes you don't even have to be, but you get moved by it too. Well, Haley had already been moved by Joni and her adventures. And then Donna just got that experience too. And I just thought that was really neat how they showed Donna really connect with with that part of Haley's or Joni's life and how she's well, the timing of
0: that, especially the timing of that, because that first time H- Joni called Haley and didn't even want to talk to Donna. So right. that, that was their time to connect. But now Joni calls Donna and doesn't even ask about Haley. It's to, it's a direct connection from Joni to Donna about Gordon and this vision, the remembrance or whatever thought of Gordon. I mean, it was the time it was the right time for them to make that connection.
1: And then she says how she thinks they're similar, and that's maybe why they fight all the time. And what a great thing to say to her. I mean, how much is Joni growing up and realizing that her mom and all of her flaws and everything, and it's okay.
0: So Joe shuts down Comet, says goodbye to his workers, um, and like, like— Gordon helping Joni. Gordon helps him here too. He he remembers Gordon now. Yep. So Gordon's alive with Joe. And now Joe goes to this fortune teller. Do you like this fortune teller scene, Michelle?
1: Loved it. That's the girl who played in Scrooged. She was the ghost of Christmas uh, present. And so, I watch that every holiday season, which is coming up. And I'm so excited. And she, she had a lot of the same like old mannerisms. It was, it was just, it was great. It was great.
0: Did you ever think that might've been Joe's mom?
1: I did not. Hadn't thought of that.
0: Cause I think Joe's mom is still around some somewhere, somewhere, but no, she's just a fortune teller and it's, The past, present, and future. And the future comes up as this Ten of Swords. Um, And this fortune teller tells Joe that the Ten of Swords is destruction, indecision, misery. But behind the Ten of Swords, behind the clouds and the sunrise, there could be some hope. Something like hope.
1: Well, yeah, and she actually says to him, this stuff means what you want it to mean. And I thought that was really profound in his situation too.
0: Wow. It can it means mean what, nothing though. I mean, it's funny that Joe pushes her like, come on, what do you mean? Get to the point.
1: Yeah, but that was pretty cool. This can mean whatever you need it to mean, whatever you want it to mean, meaning whatever you need in your life, you can make out of it with this. So basically but a fortune
0: tellers s- s- stock and trade. That's their, that's their escape route for anything they can ever tell you.
1: Yeah, I'm not really talking about the fortune-telling part of it, just the advice kind of part of it in life. Joe was like, oh, great, I'm going to have misery and uncomfortableness and whatever for the uh, for the rest of my life or again or whatever. And she's like, well, maybe, but it can mean what you want it to mean. There's a also a beautiful horizon behind all this, and you get the choice. And I think that's when he makes his choice.
0: So I looked up Ten of Swords swords, swords, Michelle on Wikipedia. Okay. And it's the tarot card of bottoming out, but it's, it could be like we said, a blessing in disguise. Cause the darkest, you bottom at the, the, the darkest hour is right before the dawn right? type of thing. You suffer and then you get a new dawn. So the, did you look at that card up close, that 10 of swords?
1: Um, well, I didn't look it up like you did, but I did pay attention to it on the screen.
0: It's literally, it's a guy, it's a body of a guy with 10 swords stabbed into him. He's just, I guess, dead, laying on the ground or, or in pain or some distress. And behind him is the cloud and the sunrise. So it, it is the bottoming out and then the positiveness behind him that there may be on the horizon something good, even in your lowest moment. But it's a guy with literally 10 swords stabbed into him.
1: yeah that's that's pretty pretty bottoming out i would say but joe liked that I, i think he liked the horizon he wanted the card
0: so that was pretty cool so she makes him buy a pack of cards and he buys them and he walks out opening the pack and he nearly gets flattened like an armadillo michelle by a porsche
1: like an armadillo in season one episode one driving up just perfect
0: He sees his old friend Dave from IBM, who was was also in season one, episode one. And they talk about mundane things like the weather back east, are the leaves changing? And they reminisce a little bit. This is an IBM employee. And he says, I can't wait to see what you do next, Joe. Slaps him on the back and leaves. And then interesting, when he left Michelle just like over in the card of the Ten of Swords, over Joe's shoulder is the sunlight in the the background, just like the card.
1: Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, so now at Donna's office, they're doing all kinds of cool new stuff. There's a robotics thing, drawing some magic marker robotics yep. um, designs. It's way more casual. Um, there's people playing Game Boys, and there's a DNA code. It looks like somebody's doing code for that. And she's changed the name from Ag Geek to Symphonic.
1: Right, right, Symphonic old- Ventures. And, and, and it's cool how she's taken – I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's almost like, or if you thought so or not, but it's almost like she's taken the culture of Comet and uh, even all the way back to Mutiny, taken like the good parts of that and brought it into this and turned it into this real creative environment. She's bringing tacos in and, and just, she's a different kind of manager, I think, than she was this tight, Straight legs maybe
0: as long as she doesn't fire all the dudes, because at the party at the pool, there's not one guy there.
1: Well, I think that. Yeah, that that was about women, though. I think that was a women coders dinner or something.
0: All right. Well, as long as it's not just the company with all the guys fired.
1: <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't take that.
0: All right. Next scene. Alexa and Cameron are arguing, just petty sniping at each other. You can't. That's where I got this idea that you can't buy inspiration. She, she can't just pay Cameron to be inspired and fruitful. She has Cameron has to connect to do it.
1: Well, uh, and she's doing all this stuff, and she gives Cameron. Like, it, I, I like this scene. Right, she had given Cameron this nasal gel to prevent her getting sick on this recycled airplane air, and Cameron's really struggling with it there. And she's like, well, you'll thank me. And she's like, how am I supposed to thank you for something that doesn't happen? And so it just – that was pretty, I thought, much more encompassing than just about the nasal gel. But I think this is where Cameron is really realizing you just want – I think Cameron feels kind of like a dancing puppet for her, and well, she is. Yeah, and that's not what Cameron ever wanted to be. She wanted to be, she's she's creative, and she wants to create things with somebody, not for somebody. I guess.
0: So um, the Boss Whisperer next shows up with um, on Cameron's truck. At her trailer in Bonnie Dune Field, and tells her that she has a lot of love to share. This got a little corny for me, but then he got down to the like the really good advice that she gulps too much of life all at once. Because I don't know why he's telling her she has too much love to share. She has a lot of love to share. I never really got that from Cameron, but I do agree <laughs> that she gulps too much of life at once and it overwhelms herself. She's like her own worst enemy. Um. But Cameron's thinking about Florida and her mom and motivation whisperer boss just says, don't let me get old, like be there for me. Like another kind of trick almost. But it's a very smart thing to say. Like I need you to be youthful and energetic and alive so I don't get old. Do it for me. Like do it. Taste the chili for the girls. If Even if you're not hungry, just do it for somebody else.
1: Perfect. Yeah. He was, he was giving her a job to do that's good for her, making her think that she's doing him a favor. Yeah. That she would feel kinda obligated to do. So I thought that was perfect.
0: Cameron goes to Joe's apartment, but he's gone. He's left without notice. Um and then Cameron and Donna. Donna uh Cameron shows up at Donna's to say goodbye. She gets sidetracked by the party there, which I guess that makes sense that it's a women encoder, women encoder party. Um, while they're talking, Haley and her boyfriend Kevin come by. I'm like boyfriend, but this kid, Kevin and Haley come by, and th- I think that's to show us that Haley has recovered. She's doing well in co- She's doing well with college level computer classes, and you know she's back to normal essentially.
1: Right, like a normal fifteen year old, I guess. She's she's finding out who she is, so, and doing a pretty good job of it.
0: And who cares about this Vanessa, the waitress? I mean, she's, there's going to be a million of her in her life. Sure. Those tattoos are going to look horrible when Vanessa's 40.
1: <laughs> I don't know. forties forties not that old, Mike.
0: Well, for tattoos on your chest like that, any age is... It you, you wouldn't look good. Probably. But um, she's about to leave, and Haley's computer, there's a number of events here that keep Cameron around for a while. The, the, the computer crashes, and Haley's project is on it, so she offers to help. So Donna and Cameron work on it together, Donna on the hardware, Cameron on the software. And they talk a little bit about Joe leaving, and then they trade a bunch of cliches, and then they kind of bond again, and they realize, I think, like how, how, much, com- how much they have in common with each other.
1: Right. And also Cameron made a statement that was pretty deep. She's she's really mad that Joe left and didn't tell her. And I think you brought that up earlier, but she said things fell apart. It didn't work. And then she sat there and she said, Nothing here did. And I kinda think that's like the the overall theme of this is that because everything really did, but it just didn't work in the forever. We see that a lot in this. Things worked. While they needed to work, but then when they they were surpassed by things or whatever, and we kind of hear that in the speech by Donna coming up. That's I think. kind
0: of the theme of life is that very few things are forever. Life is pretty cyclical. Things work as long as they do, and you make the best of them, and you move on to the next thing.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Um. So. Anyway, she gets sidetracked a couple times from just getting on her merry way and heading off to Carson City.
1: Well, yeah, but this is where she brings up also that she'd like to work together again. What if we work together again?
0: Yeah, the idea doesn't matter. Whatever we work on doesn't matter.
1: And Donna, the look on Donna's face. Donna's like, you know, I mean, I just... I just heard her screaming hell no, you know, uh by that look on her face. But of course that's the the initial reaction and as she thinks about it, I think she feels a little bit differently.
0: And every one of their every single one of their ideas in this show has failed. Uh, all of them were either failed or surpassed by better ideas by other people doing things better.
1: Yeah, but but they they still accomplish so much and how many people may be piggybacked off of them. And that's where the bit, the bigger ideas came from and stuff. Isn't that kind of like you said, how it works.
0: That's why that's the kind of the water raises all boats theory that that's why it's worth it. Even if you fail, because you, because maybe the giant pushed the Macintosh, you know, and maybe the, Software um, protection. Macmillan Securities pushed Mc- McAfee, and maybe you know sure. Comet pushed yeah. Netscape.
1: Exactly.
0: But that's why it all kind of it, it kind of works to move the whole thing forward. Um, so the party starts, and Michelle are playing Neil Young's Harvest Moon. Did you remember that song? Did you ever have any connection to that song?
1: Um. I did remember the song. I don't know that I had a connection specifically to it, but I I loved Neil Young. I mean, I still do actually. I what a, about you?
0: I had a Macintosh, an Apple Macintosh computer back in like 1986 or whatever, way early. And I I just got it because it was cool. I never learned it. I never did much with it, but I really got my first computer right around this time, 1994,
1: 93, right. 94. I
0: remember logging on to CompuServe and AOL at that time and finding music to listen to while I was like list, l- searching around on the computer and chatting on the computer. Mm-hmm. And this is the time of that song. I remember playing that album all the time. De oh, album.
1: that's cool. Yeah. That it's got to bring that back to you pretty heavily.
0: That's probably when a lot of people got into computers. Cause that's when they started to become, you know, like Apple II. the Apple II was a pretty expensive computer and computers were pretty expensive, but in, Early, early to mid nineties, they started to become affordable.
1: They were still expensive. They were so, We we got our first home internet computer. We had a computer before, but it wasn't like connected to anything. But we got our first internet computer in ninety six, and I remember spending an easy couple thousand dollars on it. And that was a, I mean, that was in '96. That was 20 years ago. A couple thousand dollars. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but it's a lot. I mean, now you get a computer for what, three or four hundred dollars, and or you know maybe a little more. But that was a lot of money back then. And do you remember how much it cost to be on the internet? Remember when you had to pay by the hour? Yep. I mean, it was expensive. I remember. We had accidentally like left AOL on one time and didn't sign off, and we got a like two hundred and fifty dollar bill or something for the internet. I mean, it was ju- just for the ISP connection. The and and you had to do it over your phone. We <laughs> you tied your phone is mean, craziness. We got a second dedicated line telephone line for the internet. I mean, all that stuff. When when you remember it back, it's just crazy stuff.
0: I'd like to hear Cantwell and Rogers interviewed about how they chose the music, though, because uh, the the way this music crossed with how I started using computers and what I did while I was just first going on AOL and stuff is just... It's almost uncanny how they tap into the music of those times. Out of all the songs they could have picked, um, yeah, I, know that would I would pick out the ones I like, because I just said before a couple minutes ago that I didn't get the song that Haley played while she worked up her courage, but, you know, there are... They do tap in really really well to the songs of the of the 80s and 90s here.
1: Well, yeah, but see, maybe you didn't get that song because you weren't a 15-year-old girl in the early 90s, you know? And and maybe you got this other song because you were into the computers at that point as a a young man. I don't know. I just think it's really good how they do that. Yeah, but
0: that song that had nothing to do with Neil Young. Neil Young had nothing to do with computers.
1: No, It's just no. weird.
0: it's weird. Like I could picture them like kind of doing what I, I, I'm i just projecting this, but like that maybe they did what I did, you know, maybe they, maybe, maybe somehow they saw what I did and they tapped into it. Sure. You know, I know it's hokey, but.
1: No, it's not hokey. It's
0: All not. right. Haley comes back and talks to Cameron. She's broken up with Kevin. Again, more evidence. I think that she's just okay. Um, That she's fine now. And she, she shows Cameron Joe's letter. And Cameron tells her that, God, these guys write so well. She says, don't forget me, even when you're running all of Silicon Valley. Like, don't forget about me. And they, I think the interesting thing here is the return address is on the letter, and Cameron sees it. And she names the city. I don't even remember, but it's somewhere in New York.
1: Yeah, it's Armonk. It's right on the Connecticut border, and it's where IBM was at the time.
0: So Haley, I think, finds her silver lining here that the she says, and Haley's such an optimist, she screams and cries over her computer crashing her project, but she says, hey, maybe it's time for a fresh start. Like she's got her ten of swords silver lining here.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Even in light of like Cameron chiming in and being sympathetic with her, like, oh, it's a bummer that you lost your project. Like, hey, maybe time for a fresh start. Like she just she's resilient. I like that.
1: Yeah. And I like how she quotes Joe here because she was kind of ugly to Joe the last time we saw him together. But she's kind of showing here that Joe still has he's still important to her.
0: Yeah, does it? maybe it's Joe that says that don't forget me even when you're running all Silicon Valley, not Cameron. Sorry, I messed that up. That was part of Joe's letter.
1: Right, Don't right. forget
0: me when you're running all, part, all Silicon Valley. Yeah, so um, next is Donna's speech to the women in coding. She admits all of her victories and mistakes, and she says the advice that people are what get you to places. And Cameron slips and falls into the pool while trying to sneak away with a stupid little wave. That would have been weak if she got away with that little wave.
1: Oh, <laughs> I know, but falling in the pool. It was really good. I mean, this speech Donna gave, it was really, really good. And you you know me, Mike. I'm not that that big on this kind of stuff, but I just love that. She was talking about how when she graduated, coders were like the— I don't know what, what'd you say the secretaries or whatever of the industry and how their job then became a really important job. And she talked about everything she gave up for this work and she lost a marriage and she voted her own partner out of her company and she can't sleep because she worries about her kids. And is she doing right by them by doing all this thing? And then she says, but I've done things and that comes with a price, but I did them. And yeah, co- really coding
0: good. used to be like a functionary job, where somebody would just say, "Type all this crap in," like data entry almost. And then, it, you know, it kind of evolved into a creative thing. That like Cameron's a creative coder, writing games and making new, new chat rooms and communication and stuff. Sure, and fixing like search Cameron, engines.
1: Right, but exactly like Haley did too. That's exactly what they had Haley do. Gordon stuck her in the room and said you know, input this. And then he found out what she was really capable of in doing that.
0: So Donna and Cameron now sitting at the pool and Donna has either, even Donna has either given her this power red sweater or Cameron pulled it out of her packing and changed into dry clothes. I want to believe that Donna gave her the power red sweater though.
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Like here, put on my power red sweater. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then they talk about working together and now Donna's entertaining it instead of just humoring Cameron like, oh, yeah, maybe Jesus get the hell away from me. She's like entertaining it. And uh, that's really interesting. And Haley stops by and they share that she's gay without even having been told.
1: Right. Like you right. said, you
0: didn't have to tell your sister that you're straight, that nobody has to tell people close to you. They just know it.
1: Right. 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 I thought it was pretty good here, too, when Donna was like, I can't tell you what it means to me that you brought up. I've been waiting for years to hear you say that. So it had a profound effect on her, and she did have a very negative reaction to it at the beginning to Cameron asking her to work with her. But that it was a really meaningful, powerful thing that just had to kind of percolate for a little bit, I think, before she could move on in one way or another.
0: So next they go to the old comet mutiny building and they remember where all the old people sat during div- div- different iterations of the companies. And then they imagine their next company Phoenix and they run through its life cycle until it runs its course and dies off. But they, it's kind of interesting how they project all these things about what would have happened if they had started this Phoenix well, sign appears behind them and then fades away.
1: Okay, this was probably my favorite scene in the whole series. I loved this scene. And this is the one that I thought they were going to end it because we're getting really close to the end here. And I thought they were going to end it with this. And this is what I thought was happening. Okay, so they were talking about the different people there and where all they have went, went on and what they went on to do. And kind of sharing that. And then they go up there and they start talking about this hypothetical company. And as they're talking, this neon sign where Comet is turns into Phoenix. And then they start talking about what happened with Phoenix. And I thought they were going to, from there, tell about their their lives and what happened meaning i thought it was actually they were in this same place later on in the future talking about what happened in their past not not really there but but that was going to be like our ending to it like this like this psychic way of knowing everything um And I thought they were going to, from there, even go into maybe uh, Haley meeting some woman and living out her life. And Joni uh, travels the world and has, you know, four children that she cares about, whatever. And I thought they were going to do that. And what what Joe did, and maybe Cameron and Joe had a marriage later on and everything. I thought they were going to really continue that. And I was just just drawn to hear this so the fact that it didn't i was a little bit disappointed just a tiny bit just only because uh, that's where it's way better that they it.
0: didn't do that because they get a lot of mileage by not telling us things
1: look i agree i agree i just thought just just momentarily i had a time get the bit same disapp-
0: effect that is that is what would have happened with phoenix it's what's happened with everything else um you know
1: what that great how they did that they didn't do that much in this they didn't do a lot of stuff like that a little bit i guess with gordon and his weird you know illness stuff or odd not weird i guess but but i just i thought that was just the greatest scene
0: yeah it was kind of a Tahajali moment where the the old trailer the old rv fades away and they come back to real life
1: Yeah, and Donna's one, and and I loved every minute of it. It was just great.
0: But they run through the life cycle of this fantasy phoenix, all the mistakes they've mutually made in the past years with, what, Cardiff, Mutiny, Comet, Rover, Symphonic, until they did things until others made decisions for them and they had to leave. But the bottom line, it was like the, the, the true value of all of it was working together.
1: Right, right.
0: So we go to Haley now. Haley has writer's block. She's just staring at her screen with nothing on it. And she listens. It starts to listen to her Walkman, and it's Gordon's self-motivation tapes. Um, And I thought that was really cool how they had Gordon talking to Haley, and then it played over the scene back. Then they cut back to Donna and Cameron. And Gordon's just saying to himself in his self motivation tape that every every problem feels big in the moment, but you know better. You know better, Gordon. Come on, you can you can overcome this. Right. And now it's living on with Haley, and somehow the message is imparted there that it's living on with Donna and Cameron too.
1: Yep beautiful all
0: right cameron and donna at breakfast the next morning so donna's cameron's made it through a whole next morning now (laughs) and she calls her mom from the restaurant and this mom and cameron connecting seems like a bad idea that that it seems we only hear one side of the conversation but it just seems wrong going to see mom in florida
1: she seems a little a little annoyed She's her.
0: forcing it, like uh, yeah. like I'm okay. Like I guess I'll see. A, like she did, wasn't getting a warm welcome from Mama in Florida. Uh, so Donna pays. They get ready to leave. Donna pays because she's because Cameron's unemployed. And so we see Michelle. We see money figuring out how <laughs> to get money out of a wallet. We see a jukebox guy playing a jukebox. We see people talking. Donna rushes out to Cameron and says, "I have the idea." And then now yep. the sun rises over her shoulder. I'm noticing these sunrises because of the ton of swords. Sure. But now it's behind her. Like, there's a, there's a brightness behind her. Yep. So do you have any idea what the idea might be, or did you even care?
1: Oh, I, yeah, I cared. Of course I cared. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had my idea of what Donna was coming up with. Did you?
0: Well, Or did you it? not
1: care? I think it was the smartphone and the reason I think so is because in this whole episode when I looked back on it and as I watched it uh, again the second time there's there's more phones in this it seems like than we've seen before or maybe more that I noticed anyway and we saw Cameron on the phone right before this and she comes out and Donna said did you get a hold of your mother And how difficult that used to be to get a hold of somebody. It was like you had to call their house and leave a message and they had to get you back. Anyway, so there was that. And then the payment, you know, you pay things on your phone. The um, music that's on your phone. As Donna was sitting there, in the background is Cameron sitting in her truck looking at an atlas because she's got to figure out her path, which, of course, we do now with GPS on your phone. So... That's my thought, is the smartphone.
0: Yeah, and remember, before the smartphone, there were things that were before the smartphone that did those things, like Napster. So, this is what, like, Reddit, everybody in Reddit's like p- projecting what the idea is. So, like, right. Napster, the iPod, the Windows Media Player. So, something that plays music instead of the jukebox guy.
1: Right, right.
0: Um, and then other people thought because of the money, like PayPal or Venmo or Bitcoin. Right. Brought. And then the social aspect of like people in community of a restaurant like MySpace or Facebook. Um, and then people even thought like even buying that restaurant, like let's just buy a restaurant and bail on the whole technology thing and just have just – let's bring people together in a place where they have food and community. And, but I, I think the point is that we don't know. It doesn't matter that we don't know. It's better that we don't know because – if we knew, well, then, we'd de- then we'd deconstruct how that would have gone wrong. Right? right? Like, oh, they, so they did Napster, but then Napster was unwound by, you know. Right.
1: Right. But I think that's kind of the point. Whatever they did is going to be overstepped, and it's, it's okay. It's just the journey. I think the thing was that Donna had an idea. She took it to Cameron. She wanted to do this with Cameron.
0: Yeah. Plus, it's a brilliant storytelling. I, like, I love the Sopranos. Not we don't know what happened to Tony. We don't know what happened in Lost. You know, it, it's it's Fargo. Oh, do we compare. don't know what happened to Varga. You know, it's it's brilliant because it's 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 still interesting. It's still a good ending if you don't know what happens.
1: I'm very offended that you compared Lost to the
0: Sopranos. Well, you can be offended. I don't care. Okay. All right. So. Um, we hear, during this interaction with Don and Cameron we hear Salisbury Hill start to Peter Cameron Peter Cameron Peter Gabriel <laughs> Peter Gabriel song Salisbury Hill do you see Joe and his lotus at the college he's teaching humanities at some New York college
1: No it's a high school it's a like a a young high school thing i think i think that's what i read
0: Uh i think it's i think you have a college when you have a professor of humanities
1: well, it didn't say professor of humanities. It just said humanities, and they teach that in high school. I'm pretty sure it was like this high school because Joe really likes the kids. Remember they talked about birthing the 14-year-olds and whatever, and um, I don't know. That's, that's certainly what I got out of it. But yeah, I
0: thought college. Might. I don't think it matters too much, but we, we, we get a pan shot of Joe's office, and in his office are a few things that are interesting. Um, Pigeon Feathers book, that's the book Joe read to Cameron over that long phone call, that night time right. into daytime phone call. Uh, Cardiff Giant Computer.
1: And that Straits of Laredo, that was Gordon's book too, right? The one yeah. that he was halfway through, right?
0: A uh, photo of Cameron by her Airstream trailer, a statue of the but- of Buddha, Gordon and Haley's photos, and then the Ten of Swords bookmark.
1: And he's also drinking green tea, which is what he did and I really liked that whole thing, Gordon or not Gordon Joe, we've seen him like come into each area that he's in almost like he's starting fresh without any kind of baggage, and that's not really how you how you, how how we do right we do bring. Things And if you can bring the good things into your new area, it can only help you. And I think we see that with this and everything that he's brought. He brought the good things. He took the good and moved forward in his life.
0: Yeah, it's also very circular, cyclical for Joe. I mean, that's kind of why I think it's a college because it started in episode one. He's a teacher at a college, and he started right. that episode by saying, "Let me start by asking a question." So he's, right. he's full circle, going right back to where he was in episode one.
1: Yeah, but it's better because in in episode one he was talking to he was he was looking for. Cameron. He was looking for somebody like Cameron. And in this one, he's not. He's not looking for that. He He's found what he's looking for. And isn't it cool that we've talked about it before. Joe was never in this for the money. He was in it for the experience. And now he's got this. Um, I mean, he found his humanity. He's teaching humanities. And what a great, great thing for him.
0: Yeah, but I think he's in it for the money. He's evidences his money with his nice car and his suit, and you know he's he's in it for the money. He he's in it for success. He wants to prove that he's successful, but he's shows you know he doesn't become a uh, you know a recluse with money. He's showing off his his wealth.
1: Uh, I don't think money's ever been Joe's end game. Everybody wants enough to be you know, to have some things maybe and do what you, I I don't know.
0: Success though. I mean, money's the measuring stick for success. Sure. So um, did you have any final thoughts, Michelle, on the whole Halt and Catch Fire experience?
1: Um, I don't think so. Nothing that we haven't discussed. I really enjoyed it. I don't think they could have done it any better.
0: I think this show lives in a pretty important window now. In, like, a later window in the future, it probably won't be interesting, as interesting, because us as the audience who lived through this time, I mean, first of all, it's got a tiny audience, so there aren't that many people, but, I mean, we could totally relate to the time, and I think in the window in the future, there won't be that opportunity for people in, like, 2030, 2040, you know, they won't remember the struggling with first computers and computers being bulky and heavy and the computer and the internet being slow and searches i mean they'll probably have a whole different way like their shirt their shirt and pants their clothes will be like computer (laughs) connected right
1: oh good idea mike
0: no but it's different it's our window to to celebrate and that's kind of like it's kind of like our special little boutique show that made it special too
1: I agree. I just really hope that we see these guys come out with something else because they've got their audience. Like you said, it's not a huge audience, but they've got their audience and it's, it's pretty rabidly loyal and they, they were able to tap into something real specific with our generation and I really hope that they're able to do something else because I'll be sad that well, I'm kind of sad already. You know, I was typing halt and catch fire. Cause you know, I like type this out and print it up. It's how I do the podcast. And I made a note that this is the last time I'll be typing this and, and it's cool and it's beautiful and it's sad. And it's, it's everything that they kind of taught us in this. The change is hard and it's good. And I just think they were brilliant.
0: Well, we're playing with House Money, too, because this was like a one season. Okay, maybe two seasons. Wow, they're going to have a season three. And then when they had season four, that was like even more. That was the biggest shock of all the seasons that even when it got going and it was going really well. Like, I thought Ryan's death was the end of it. But then season four. Right. I I forget where Ryan died, but whatever. I mean, we we got more than we bargained for and more than we Thought we were going to get, and, and you know, it's, just was perfect. It was short and sweet, and that was that's a good, always a good way to do things. I agree. All well, right, Michelle. Well, thanks a lot. It's been fun doing this project with you.
1: It's been great.
0: So, uh, what are you doing with your time? You doing uh, Fear the Walking Dead? No. You doing the Walking Dead? <laughs>
1: I don't think so. No, I don't. I, uh, I'm thinking that we're probably not going to be doing anything again until the Americans come back on. Um, so.
0: All right. Well, enjoy taking your taking a
1: little break. Enjoy but I your don't
0: holidays. Know.
1: Well, you too. I'm. Well, do we not have anything else before the holidays? I don't even know.
0: Uh, nope. Nothing on my schedule. I'm not doing Mr. Robot. You're so. not. It's uh, to open time to relax for me from podcasting.
1: Okay. Well, good. Well, enjoy it.
0: All right, Michelle, you too. Thanks. It's been fun.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. Talk to you later.
1: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.